We're red. We're live. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Rebecca, and I am joined by Brent Norling, founder, CEO, director, every name that you want to have under the sun of Norling Law. How are you, my friend? I'm good, good. Thank you. Are you actually? Hey, so wait a second. You're on Flip in the Morning Show the other day, and you were in a fancy shirt with flipping boxes on, and then you come <laughs> to the, the established professional level of of um, of this type of journalism, and and we've gone for t-shirt. Man, I, man, I tell I, you, I'm just I'm I'm not pro enough. I've not made the cut. Man, I just forget you're wearing a hat. I'm, I mean, I'm just gonna kind of step down. <laughs> play the crowd. Play the crowd. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, maybe give a one minute quick spiel around who you are and what you do and why this is extremely important for any single business owner, employer, or anyone that is understands either the money or uh, any parts of the actual operations of business. Yeah. So look. Um, so I run Norling Law, which is a special insolvency practice based here in Auckland. Uh, I've been running it since 2015, uh, exclusively worked for liquidators uh, and receivers for about seven years before I started it. Um, so, you know, we do litigation dispute resolution with that core focus. Um, you know, I don't purport to be a property lawyer, um, but I I managed to get on the news for for property law for because I, I seem to be the only lawyer really addressing the issues uh, that were relevant for business owners. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm a business owner as well. So I understand the pains that people have right now. I'm talking to people every day with some just brutal, brutal stories. Um, so it's just really about collating those lessons and getting them out to the business community as, as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's um, actually as well. I know you're a bit of a, a, a whiskey fan. Are you rolling a stack right now? What are you doing? Have you got something? Have, have you have you decided to flex out a little bit because you know that I was going to bring something to the table? What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you rolling? I did think about. I did think about uh, putting something on the table, but but right before the coronavirus hit us on us, um, I decided to do a hundred days no whiskey. Oh, um, I know. So yeah, I, I had to get all my expensive. I had to get all my expensive whiskey from the office because uh, you know the not insured there so yeah but uh i've i've uh i failed the 100 days um but i'm back on track so there you go <laughs> no worth you for me um well i'll happily have, have a cheers one to you mate so um i guess i want to jump jump straight into it in the last week we've seen a bunch of um probably i guess the most biggest potential commercial impact ever to hit New Zealand potentially um, and you put a video up the other day that it was um, talking about uh, leases can mm. you just give a quick context to that thing because I think there's a lot of and I, I wanted to maybe uh, dip into that just for a second obviously to help about um, how about a bunch of people who are potentially stretching about paying um, paying leases and rents and whatever right now um, yeah go for that because I think there's was, there was a lot of people should potentially know yeah yeah so look, um, <clears throat> like I said, not a property lawyer, but I had a client come with come to me with a question, uh, and that question was whether they had to pay their lease uh, during this period. Um, you know, it's really clear that the Auckland District Law Society um, standard lease after 2012 incorporates the uh, a provision in there for no access in an emergency. Um, and, and effectively what it says is, look, if there's an emergency like this, um, there's, a, there's a pandemic, um, then only a fair proportion of the rent will be payable during that no access period. Um, and so that's the lease that I've chosen to focus on the most because it's the most common one out there in the marketplace. Um, and that fair proportion uh, is causing 
uh, quite a bit of negotiation around in the community in the commercial community. Yeah, because um, well, right? Exactly. So, you know, where we where we're acting for tenants and we're having those negotiations, um, and, and we're we're certainly taking the view that zero access uh, means zero rent, um, and we've gotten a oh, bunch okay. of those deals. We've we've gotten a bunch of those deals over the line, um, and it's about. Um, Look, it's it's about short term right now. So we're not getting that over the line indefinitely for a for a stage four period because we don't know we don't really know how long we're going to be in stage four four. So we're just pushing that can down a month at a time. So right now, this we, we forecasted a month of stage four. Um, so we're getting a one month rent holiday, um, and then we'll talk again once we have a bit more information uh, down the line. That's really that's extremely helpful for so many businesses who are potentially worried about um, payment either on the first of the month or twentieth month, whatever it is. Obviously, with the timing of things, so at least gives a bit of breathing room. Now, if um, you're a business owner and or if you own a if you have a lease at any type of property, what's the best steps that they should do specifically? Is it talk to another lawyer about it? Is it like, do they just read through it and look at the no access clause if there is one? What's the sort of, um, if they might be, um, you know, available to be able to do it? Um, I think um, Ben was just saying uh, zero access equals zero rent makes sense. Got it? Yeah. Yeah. And look, what I'm telling people to do is don't rush to lawyers. And and look, people don't, people don't want to pay lawyers anyway in a market like this. Um, so, uh, what I'm saying is, look, if you've got a good commercial relationship with your landlord, then get on the phone, have a difficult conversation, have a meaningful conversation, um, and see if if you can cut a deal without without using lawyers at all. So, so and and I'm and I think I've found a, a bunch of people have actually got quite reasonable landlords, and and they've they've done deals without the use of lawyers, um, and and then you've got other landlords who are digging in and saying, no, pay pay your rent. Um, that we're storing all your business assets um, and so it's fair that you just continue to pay and it's those people that that need some legal assistance um, and, and it's those people that should get some help um, and, and you got some people that are cutting it in the middle and saying look let's just wear the cost equally and 50-50 and, um, and if you're a business owner who's continuing to trade and continue to have some cash flow maybe a 50-50 deal is reasonable um, but if you're a cafe that's 100% closed and can't operate yep. from home, then a 50-50 deal is not going to be that helpful. No, I get it. Uh, we've got uh, two quick questions come up. One, uh, I think most importantly is, James says, where's your unicorn gone, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, I've, I've set up in the in the, in the the other daughter's room. I wasn't sure if the world was ready for this one. I'm just going to swing it right. around. Uh, it's, the, it's the giraffe, man. <laughs> yeah, I mess with that. Uh, Ricky asks, how does that consider the whole chain in terms of servicing, i.e. property owners? Yeah, yeah. So look, um, property owners are obviously going to get get hit uh, hard here as well. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're all going to make some losses in this period, right? So business owners are making heavy losses by not operating um, and, and landlords are going to make some losses by not having a tenant in there. And the reality is if landlords take a hard line approach and they say, right, just vacate then, uh, I mean, that's practically not possible. Um, yeah. And their, their and options are deal with this tenant. Um, so you have a tenant after stage four or, um, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's tough for everyone. Doug said, uh, Ricky, property owners should apply to the bank for advice. 
sorry, property, should property owners apply? Uh, no, no Rick, uh, Ricky was, uh, Doug was replying to Ricky saying, uh, property owners should apply to the bank. Um, and then uh, Mike said, Brent's right, we got 50% on ours, work hard to open communication. I think that's right, have the tough conversation yeah. um, um, early because I think everyone's in the exact same boat, right? And, and the reality yeah. is, if you be too much of a dick, you can find yourself without a spot at the same time. If you're a landlord and you be too much of a dick, you'll come out the other end and not only no one's got any spare cash to get leases, yeah. it's like you get nothing of nothing, right? So I think it's probably yeah. a tough one. So you were talking before around um, uh, creditors. Nav yeah, trying to yeah. navigate that right so like so right now you're a small business so a big passion of mine is trying to figure out how we can get there's a lot of stuff out there now but right now there are a lot of people with a lot of questions in in, in their their head they're trying to figure out the best way to try and navigate through these pretty challenging times and when it comes to creditors what's some of your advice that you'd be potentially thinking obviously not like you know legal advice which you can't give on a you know, online thing like this, but yeah, like what are some of the things I need to start thinking about and how to, how to navigate those waters of, of creditors during time like this? Yeah. So look, th there are a lot of businesses out there that uh, can't pay creditors right now because their cash flow is just uh, flicked off overnight. Um, and so, you know, what we're saying is um, don't put your head in the sand. So us Kiwis are just notoriously bad for putting our head in the sand and not communicating. So it's time now for us to have really hard conversations and um, and we need to have them with with people up front because everyone is really actually quite understanding if you if you're having those those conversations um, so yeah. yeah if you've got creditors um, and you can't pay them uh, you need to be getting on the phone to them um, and you need to be telling them this is my situation uh, this will be my situation after stage four it's going to get better um, and you know put a plan to them so whether it's a payment holiday, um, whether it's a payment arrangement, maybe you need to go on a monthly arrangement. Uh, and, and, and so each case will, will be different, but it's about front footing it and getting something that you both can live with. Um, that's what people need to do right now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Give me one sec. Sorry, just something that's just popped up. Um, yeah, that's the key, right? The front thing. Now, in the last week, I was talking to um, had a, had a buddy, and and at Monday afternoon at about one forty, when Jacinta threw the hammer down, he had to lay off people over the phone before five o'clock that day, without even being with them, and and that's a tough tough thing to do. What's some advice that you'd have for um, business owners when it comes to navigating staff and that type of that yeah. type of thing? Like, there's, you know, I guess they sections to all of it, right? They can talk to the landlord to try and figure out the lease situation, talk to the creditors to try and get some sort of either payment plans in place or push things out a bit. Um, what's your thoughts when it comes to about, about staffing in times like this? Yeah. So look, um, right now uh, it's hard to forecast in, in a long-term, uh, with a long-term lens, uh, but we do know that we're going to be in stage four for at least four weeks. Um, and so when it comes to staff, I mean, it depends on the business that you have. Are you a business that's completely shut down like a cafe um, or can you have remote work? And, and I suppose for the businesses that can't use their staff um, right now, it's, it's a lot harder uh, and it's a lot more brutal. Um, and so for them, again, it's, a, it's about communication. I, and I think the first stage is to communicate with your staff and to say, hey, look, this is our situation um, and see if there's a if there's a collaborative deal that can be done for reduced hours or reduced pay um 
to get through the period. Um, and if not, I mean, the brutal reality for a lot of businesses are they they're running redundancy processes. Um, and you know, I think a lot of the old rules around redundancy we can just throw out the door a little bit. Um, you know, I think this the steps need to be there. So you need to have a proposal. You need to present it. You need to consider feedback, and then you need to um, you need to then make a decision. Um, but you can take that process, which would have usually spanned weeks, and just truncate it right down. Um, and and for those people that need to uh, need to reduce their staff, um, uh, that that's the process that they're going to have to follow. Um, it's tough, tough, it, tough time. There's tough chats. It's it's really tough. I mean, it's it's brutal. I mean, these people could have been in the business for for a very long time, and and uh, you know, as an employer, uh, you do feel a, a a moral obligation to your team, and so to do that is 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 really tough. Um, Andrew was saying the majority of SMEs won't have the surplus of cash to top up the wages. Should company yeah. owners go further into debt? Go into further debt to carry the staff with no with no light at the end of the tunnel. Good question. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose you you can't get blood out of a stone, right? So if you're a business owner with no cash surplus, I mean, um, should you go into debt? I mean, it's case by case. Um, it's hard to throw out a blanket uh, policy on that, but I think for a lot of business owners, um, they're going to have to they're going to have to cut their staff numbers because if they don't survive. If their business doesn't survive, they're not going to be an employer at the end of stage four. That's that's their reality. Yeah. And if, if they can if they can just hibernate the business uh, and get through, they're going to pick a whole bunch of people up at, at the end of stage four. Yeah. Uh, also, the majority of companies would be insolvent carrying these wages too. Are directors actually opening themselves up to a liability to the shareholders? Good question, Andrew Thorne. Well done. It's not a shit question. Thoughts? No, it's, it's actually a really good question. And in New Zealand, we haven't actually addressed this properly. So in Australia, um, they've suspended uh, all of the normal reckless trading rules for directors. Um, and they said, so during this crisis, uh, those rules will not be applicable to directors. Uh, in New Zealand, we haven't made any uh, legislative changes around um, companies and how they operate yet. Um, hopefully, hopefully we do, and we can get some more clarity on that. Um, what I would say is that I believe the courts would be very sympathetic to directors at this time, um, and especially when it comes to incurring obligations to staff. Um, and and so, so yeah, I, I it's hard to answer it definitely, but I think I think we could expect the courts to take a lenient approach if if Parliament doesn't actually implement the change. I mean, even just the the legal wash up after this with the waves of everything and everything is going to just drown the courts and lawyers and everything. I mean, it's going to be a flipping, a paperwork bloodbath at the end of this thing, right? Of just paper everywhere for everyone to try to sort everything out. Do you, th mm. where do you think the bottleneck will get plugged in the legal system? You think? I mean, the, the bottleneck is going to be caught, right? Um, yeah. Because the courts already, running at well over capacity it's so hard mm. to get a, a hearing date i mean a lot of our trials that are a week if they're a week in duration you're waiting you're waiting like 18 to 24 months to get a date um Shh. and that that was that was pre-corona 
So how, how are they um, going to navigate that? It's almost a time to reset the whole deck of how they appreciate how they approach this thing, right? Like surely this would be the moment. Like all right, hey, hey, team, if we're looking at two years before you even get flipping dates, and that's before this bullshit, you're almost going to have to throw the hammer and try and rejig a new way to to do this thing, right? Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, totally. And I, and I think this is actually a really really good opportunity for the legal industry to analyze its uh, operations and you know the whole time i've been a lawyer uh, we've been talking about um, taking the, the ministry of justice online so we can file documents online uh, we can pay online but it still hasn't happened um and 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 so you know the only reason that my business has a checkbook is to pay the ministry of justice because i have to physically file the documents by paper with a check um and so now the legal industry is going to be forced to deal with all of those uh, really archaic way of, of dealing with things, um, and we're going to have to have to do it. We're going to have to innovate. Um, and yeah, and it, it's like forced innovation, it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so How would you I mean, approach like, that like clear the clear the slate, the old world stuffed. You're going to be like, look, you're going to be in a decade worth of the shit. How how would you? strategically approach a new way to, to to set up the legal system that would make more sense in terms of efficiency and, and commercially? I mean, it needs to come from the rules committee down, right? So um, the problem with the, the problem with the, the current system is like the high court rules are like that thick. Um, and there are a lot of rules and, uh, you know, we need to streamline. Um, district court is a lot more streamlined. Um, and they don't have a lot of the process built in. You have three kinds of trials, um, which which allows for simple matters to just go through really quick. So I think we can look at, we can look at other jurisdictions. Um, we can look at other courts and, and pull them across. Australia is is all online, um, and okay. so there's, there's a lot of lessons that we can that we can pull across from Australia. Um, and so I don't think it actually will be as hard as um, as hard as what we think. And it will be the older practitioners, I think, that will will struggle the most. Um, yeah. Like like for me, going remote, super easy. All my yeah. systems were in the cloud. I was already paperless, um, and so you know, that's I just had to for start. a lawyer. That's big for a lawyer. Yeah, like I just had to. Um, I had to go get a flat pack desk and put it in my daughter's room. I mean, that was that was the hardest bit about going remote. Um, and so I think. A lot of a lot of practitioners are going to be forced to um, to innovate and to and and the change will happen. It has to now. Um, do you think you'd come up with a strategy to almost give them in a in a bullet point now to, to do it? Like, or do you think they're already using this time to do it themselves? And you know, banks are making pushing oh. things through faster than ever. Do you think they're already proactive? Being like, okay, let's just clear the deck. Let's flip and get it up and go. Oh, they're onto it for sure. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of um, we've been getting a lot of communication from our from the law side in the courts about what they're intending to do, um, and you know, when what's it comes buzz? to throwing effort, what's that? What's their buzz? What, what what's their energy at? What are they thinking? Well, I mean, at this stage, they don't have the facilities to um, accept online payments, so their workaround for that is they're waiving payments to to file proceedings um, until they set that up. Um, and they're going to accept documents. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> so instead of setting up a payment, ga a secure payment gateway, where online buying has been happening for two decades, they are saying, "Oh no, just don't worry about it." But at least we get the paperwork in. 
Um, on a temporary basis, yeah. So they are going to set it up, but but to to so they who is doing their IT? That sounds <laughs> so kooky. It's like saying like, I'm going to set up a retail store, and then yeah, no, you don't really just 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 take the gear. It's fine. Just but I'll write down that you took it. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. well, I mean, I, I suppose they can't have the lag. I mean, they they need to have the access to justice, right? So, um, look, their systems are just institutionalized they need to yeah they need to sort it and, and from our perspective it's a great time to to file a lot of documents right because it's free <laughs> so cash flow for businesses yeah right now bunker down for small businesses bunker, i mean there's obviously some i've talked to uh, two people with with some dollars behind them and they are hyped for just um, for stress, distressed assets, where they can come and clean up. They are hyped for amazing cheap labor, which they'll be able to get, and great talent from all their competitors. But that is the very few. That is the one percent of the one percent. For the majority of others, cash flow is going to be a shit show. This whole thing is going to be a bit of a bit of a mess. What's some some advice or tips you'd be thinking around navigating cash flow for for these small businesses mm. in New Zealand at this time? Yeah. So what I've what I've seen already is. Uh, a lot of people actually haven't just been processing payments to to their to their creditors, and and they're just pausing everything, right? Um, so what businesses need to be doing is they need to be again the theme here is communication. They need to be communicating um, and they need to be proactive. So you know, if you're owed money, uh, the person with the client relationship needs to be on the phone, um, and they need to be saying, "Hey, look, um, how are you going?" Um, that's the first thing is is kind of just empathize. We're all we're all in a pretty unideal position right now. Um, check in and say, hey, look, you know my business is struggling. Also, really need some cash. Um, can really really appreciate it if you pay. So, if they can't, again, you're going to get into a difficult conversation around seeing what they can do, um, and and then get them on some kind of plan that you can you can live with. But um, I think. Being quiet and and or just sending emails, all those you know random zero uh, follow ups that are that are you know seven days, fourteen days automated. Those are not going to be good enough. Um, you need to be on the phone and you need to be proactive with your with your collection. Um, where you're in the legal professional, you're talking about tech. We've also got someone else that's joined the joined the conversation that knows a little bit about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Mullins or Tomio, big dog. How you going? Brent, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Two young tech weapons in the legal to eliminate paper casual, left, right, and casual Friday in the home office. It's a new normal. Yeah, uh, Mr. Mullins, well, you you've got some thoughts. Jump in. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. Um, helping a lot of lawyers, a lot of Kiwi lawyers, set up uh, work from actually home no offices. no push pause. Give 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 uh, give everyone the, the heads up on who you are, what you're doing. Obviously, they've seen you before, probably on here. But if those that don't, give the context. Go. Uh, Mike Mullins, business development at Automio, former lawyer, um, now in the SaaS in the SaaS world um, with our legal solution company, helping lawyers go online, digitize, productize their IP, and sell it through their websites to scale their law firms. Thank you, Robert. I got you, son. All right, now now go for it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm keen to pick brain spray. Like, what, what are you saying? We're just, we're just talking to so many lawyers who are, you know, setting up all the software, setting up all the systems. Zoom's the number one downloaded app over here. It's going crazy. Mm, yep. um, and then people are hurting too, you know, like losing clients left, right, and center. Um, cash mm. flows is a big issue. 
um, also time just scrambling to get everything set up. Is that kind of what you're seeing as well? Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, you know, I think what I'm seeing is is you're right. A lot of a lot of people have um, had work that they intended to come in um, and have yep. been having conversations, and it's just been paused. So clients are saying, "Hey, uh, I'm just going to wait to see what what happens after stage four, um, and we'll be in touch." And so this pipeline that was there is just now oh, completely evaporated. Yeah, or well, people are just pushing pause on, on everything. And the saddest thing, yeah. also client, not, not paying bills. That's really, really mm. rough. You see that in the construction industry a lot, but I didn't realize it was such a big thing in the legal profession too. Yeah, I think the legal profession has a lot to uh, – we, we have a lot of ownership in respect of those non-paid bills. Um, I think the legal industry is really bad at communicating uh, their fees up front. And, and so what happens is clients get surprises and they get surprised invoices and they weren't expecting it. And so, of course, they don't pay it. Um, and so lawyers can uh, can actually reduce all of their accounts receivable problem by having really upfront conversations. And if things go sideways, which, you know, often they do, um, say, you know, take that as the opportunity to say, hey, look, the fee estimate I gave you is uh, it's not going to be applicable now. And uh, this is this is where we're heading. And, and so, I mean, that's that's also what I see out there. Yeah, um, lots of conversations over here at the moment about digital signing and witnessing uh, using yep. Zoom. I know South Australia is rushing through legislation. Um, yeah, that, that's really topical. Uh, and then, yeah, what's your thoughts on that kind of th that side of it? Yeah, um, I mean, digital signing is um, you know available here as well, um, where it's. Mm. Where it gets tricky is around affidavits um, and and documents like that where you need an oath or, or declaration and and we're working on on that and so the law society is definitely working on that um, as are the courts to to probably modify some of the rules um, and and once we, we actually don't have any clarity on that as at today yeah that's what I'm, that's what we're hearing as well it's uh, it's yeah. the new normal for everyone Rabbi, mm. how are you going in, lock, in lockdown oh mate. Uh, probably similar to, to, to Brent. I'm, I'm used to working remote, so um, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I feel that um, when I'm physically not in the room with people that I need to do business with, it's uh, a li I'm, it's a liability. I'm, I'm getting lost opportunity. Now that everyone is remote, it's actually even the playing field, and now everyone's working faster, it's actually more at my pace. So weirdly enough, in terms of my cadence of uh, commercial operations it's actually faster better and i feel uh i can just crush and dominate and go 100 times faster because it's the world that i already plan remote yeah moving content tech online commerce chat whatever um so from that side it's great but simultaneously i also now feel a pretty heavy burden of i'm seeing and hearing and i'm getting messages of um, small business owners that are stuffed and oh, going out of business and, and it's stuff like people I'm getting like horror my messages story. are flipping gnarly dude yeah, so I'm kind too. of just, yep you go spoke, yeah a mate in Wanaka just before um, Barton just lost um, lost his job as a helicopter pilot it's just happening left right and centre it's it's just it's so sad but it's going to be the waves of it right and this is what I was talking with um, Vic Crone the CEO of uh, Callahan Innovation so there's going to be these waves of um you know, there's some in very fortunate positions and some others that don't even aren't even capable to be able to work at home. And then some of them who are in financial situations that have just been let go and then they don't have sport and then they're home in a potentially a bad relationship or whatever. Um, uh, hey, Brent, daughters are allowed, mate. I've got two. 
You just uh, instead of annoying it, you dog, go check your football. Yeah, it's a football gong show. They, they are still adjusting to the rule of when the door is shut. <laughs> um, Daily was saying, uh, silver lining, more truly honest and upfront conversations across the board. Hopefully it sticks post-level four. I think maybe it's a good question to open out. Do you think this has changed the way New Zealand will forever uh, continue to operate or, or be? Is this? I, I said at least today was a day of a new New Zealand. Do you do you feel the same in terms of a commerce culture and community? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, it's 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 really early, and this is a this is a fluid situation. So look, I think if stage four last four weeks and then we get back to business as usual quite quickly um maybe maybe not um but if this is long lasting um and you know there will very much be a sense of we're in this together and i think it will change the way that we do business for sure um james would like to jump and say well you did steal her room <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, Mullins, where are you at on this? Um, my question's for you. Like, you're so used to navigating, you know, multiple devices, multiple software, multiple apps, processes. Do you think that is so overwhelming for someone who has to, you know, get used to that in a couple of days? Just kind of echoes the conversations I'm having with a lot of lawyers at the moment. So, good, good uh, mate of mine, um, uh, in industry. I've been trying to help him for a couple of years. I've been telling them all about this crazy shit, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's been trying to get them on Microsoft Teams for a year. What? And then they still offer it. Like, you know, over 100 people were like, nah, stuff that shit. And then overnight, yeah. everyone that's been in the whole old school world has been forced into it. And they're trying to figure out like uh, Microsoft Teams or everything. And so um, I think maybe, I don't know if it's just the, the way it was is we're all good or blah, blah, blah. I think maybe that naivety has just gone out the flipping window. Um, and it's forced them into the new world. And and I was talking to a friend at another um, at, a, at a bank actually, and she was saying that uh, she had like a bunch of these people who'd never given a shit about social media or anything before. Or like, oh, yeah. hey, how do how do I become an influencer on LinkedIn? Or hey, how do I do the thing? Because all of a sudden it's like, oh wait a second, this is the only way we can operate. Oh wait a second, I need to make money. Oh wait a second, I'm going to try and sell some shit on LinkedIn. And so there's this whole wave that's of kind of mm -hmm. exploitation that's popping out of the woodworks and i'm just wanting to um yeah call a couple of those things out because it because that's it's it's predatory i think it's not um it's not helping at all i think it's um yeah it's, I'm, a, I'm a bit i'm a bit precious about that it's maybe just a, a thing that i feel mm. good as goes um brent do you think this is going to take a lot of formality out of the legal industry just if you know what i mean by that uh, no, I don't think it'll take the formality out. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's really, really ingrained. Um, it, but it will um, it will certainly change the way that the service is delivered. Um, I think, and, and the longer this goes, the more ingrained that will become in the industry as well. Nice. Yeah, I just think there's going to be a lot more, yeah, a lot more meetings and t-shirts. But Aussie's kind of, I'm, I'm an Aussie, and that's kind of been the way for the last couple of years. Like a lot of solo lawyers now, a lot of virtual law firms, a lot of online online law firms. I think we're just going to see more of that in NZ now. As people, I think people are going to, some people are going to really like working from home, and they're going to want to keep it that way. 
Yeah, law, that's an interesting one, right? Because if you look at law, it's the polish of the optics of how it's perceived, right? Suit, tie, mm. sit down, formal. It's very, not formulaic, but there's, there's structure, there's process, there's um, decorum, I believe the word would be. Um, but now with this, all of a sudden, like how are doing that? How is the, the, these managing partners doing their voice calls? Are they in t-shirts at home? Are they wearing, flipping, putting a yeah. little suit jacket like Brent on the thing with their boxes on? Like how are they? Because all of that, that was stopping, like, they're like. That was good for you, Brent. That was, that was good. <laughs> no, literally that. Just chappy. Everyone's wearing t-shirt. Everyone's on Zoom. Yeah. I'm taking yeah, well, it forward to the chat. It's interesting. I had I had a uh, group call today, and we were all in t-shirts. Uh, but one of the one of the lads, um, man, he was in a suit and tie, had his pocket square. Um, he was like, "Man, I, I need some normality in my life." Eh? So he like turned up like. Yeah. I bet he's I bet he's single under thirty, and he's living by himself in the corner, so he's had time to do it. <laughs> Most of those are correct. Yeah. Online dating—that's another subject. <laughs> What's happening in that world? Well, someone put a post up. It was like, I bet there's a whole bunch of um, affairs getting broken up right now. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I want to jump on that, um, Mr. Lawyer Doggers. Um, so I put a thing up the other day, and um, I was saying, oh, March 24th, um, in in nine months, this is going to be pretty funny. There's going to be a whole bunch of Christmas Day babies because everyone's been legally forced to be in the same same room and all these parties and stuff. And then someone said, or divorces. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, oh. all domestic violence and blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you think that there is divorce lawyers now trying to figure out how to give virtual consultations to, to people? It's, 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 it's already happening. I spoke to oh, a really? lawyer in, in, in Adelaide on Wednesday, and she said, I need to get my divorce online solution on the website ready to go for five, month, five months' time. It's, she knows what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a wave, um, right, Brent? It's true. It's going to be a wave. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't think isolation is going to be good for a lot of marriages <laughs> who uh, were people were hiding in their offices, escaping reality, and now they have to face it. I mean, that is that's the brutal truth, right? There's no. It's there's exposed no everything, there's no, eh? Yeah. Everything. There's nowhere to hide. There's no bars. There's no sport games. It's face up. Do you think it's good yeah, or so bad for? So, you think it's good or? You think it's good or bad? It's going to make. Yeah, shit. I don't know, man. It's going to force some pretty know. awkward. It's like almost fast forwarding everything, which maybe this is a good thing because it will fast forward everything that potentially was going to happen anyway. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. This is the biggest kind of way, social yeah. experiment. Yeah. Biggest social experiment in a long, long time. Let's see what happens. Um, Mullins and Brent, I'll ask you a question. What do you think will be the biggest opportunity for lawyers? Um, to, to navigate or, or pivot into a, a new world to dominate. If I wanted to be the number one law firm, the flipping, the minters or the whoever the, the, the top doggers are, what would the, what's the ninja move that no one's thinking of? I mean, I, I mean, or Norling law or, 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 <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, or whatever, but like, what's the, what's the thing that you find like shit? Yeah. I mean, media agencies had it where they could, a cruise ship yeah. speedboat. Law, I think law potentially has a time now. What's the ninja move in law to just dominate? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in first. Just the kind of the segment I deal with is, you know, under 40s, really entrepreneurial. It's going to be social media. I think social media has been completely un, untapped um, in, in the legal world. And I had a lawyer in Perth. She said, five years ago, I got all my referrals, um, meeting people face to face. And now 60% of my clients come through Instagram. So I think whoever kind Instagram. of skills. Yeah, huge, huge. 
five. What are they sliding years. into the legal D? No, no. <laughs> targeted, targeted ads, oh. targeted creatives, creatives and yeah. young business owners. <laughs> no, you're not just slide, 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 slide. Um, that's but that's the market. What do you think, Brent? I just think social media, in terms of really those yeah. people, people who master that, are going to dominate. Yeah, and look. Um, it's not untapped. I've been tapping that for a couple of years now, yeah, and that's yeah. That's, but you're the minority. You're the minority. You're the minority. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Brent's different to most of the other. You're very different to yeah. yeah. A lot of traditional. Yeah. I mean, I think social media is is a great place to be. Um, I mean, I'm spending about five hundred a day uh, at the moment. I was before, have for a long time, um, and my reach for the same amount of money has tripled in the last couple of days. What like, were you doing before what, it? Before I was on social, yeah, like how, how, like just I think, but for context for those who are watching, so, uh, so Brent, um, I guess I'll say on, on your behalf, uh, lawyers are shit at social, uh, lawyers don't really understand uh, LinkedIn or, or, or any type of content creation, they understand value, they understand building relationships or anything with their communities. Uh, Brent does, and uh, how have you, where do they spend 10 grand to where do you spend 10 grand specifically? Yeah, so that. Man, the, the, the traditional model for lawyers um, is one-to-one -one coffee meetings, lunch meetings, yep. Yep. B and I. Um, and to me, that scares the shit out of me. Like to rely on other people to give you work when you yep. need it scares the absolute shit out of me. And I want to scale a firm, right? So, um, you know, what I've, what I've been doing is I want to put some predictability into my pipeline. I want to know exactly how many sales calls I'm going to have every week. I want to know exactly how many of those are going to turn into clients. Um, and I, and I can do that. Um, yeah, and more so, metric, more metric. yeah, um, I know if I put X amount of dollars into Facebook, I get X amount of clients out the other end and I know what that's worth. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, it's about having a system behind that, right? So everything needs to talk to each other. Yeah. Um, my clients can book time directly with me online via calendar um, and it knows when I'm available. Like there's none of this PA trying to like book a, book a time when it suits them and it suits me and all that muck around. It's just, you know, it's all about those efficiencies. Um, yeah. And from like a strategic perspective, I mean, you need to give before you take. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. you know, I give a lot of information, a lot of IP um, and, you know that builds trust. It it shows um, it shows you know what you're talking about. You've got the solution to the problem, um, and there are a lot of smart cookies out there in the legal industry who are not sharing their information. Yeah, it's this clo it's closed world shit. Um, Daily would just like to say new tagline for Northern Law. We've been tapping that. That's <laughs> <laughs> gold. So good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daily for yeah. the win. Hey, Brent, nice to, nice to meet you. Good to chat to you a bit. I've got to roll, guys. Later, big dog. Cheers. Nice to meet you. Uh, absolute, is absolute champ. Um, how would you how would you reimagine a, a law firm to scale? How would I reimagine? Yeah. Like if I if I was to roll into the legal world and say, all right, I'm going to stuff this whole shit up, how would you do it? AI, cloud, automation, personal branding conferences yeah. like how, how would you how do you do it yeah so look for me um you know i started off with personal branding um so i started creating my brand when i was in someone else's brand and so um you know i reached out to the to the law society magazine um, i reached out to nz lawyer 
um, I started writing for them um, and you know started to build my profile in my specific niche. And I think it is really important that you niche. I mean, the GP model is is not that sustainable. Um, and it's great to have a general practice where you have experts in each field, but to say one person can do you know, 10 different practice areas is just not practical. You, yep. you can't be a master of all of that. So, so depth over the width. Yeah. So pick your niche, master it, and then and then build your brand. Um, you know, I looked for opportunities like, um, so I, I, I became an author of New Zealand's leading texts on insolvency. Um, there's a bunch of great authors in there. It's been around for a while. Um, a chapter came available and I was like, yeah, I'm keen. Um, and so it's about looking for those opportunities and being proactive with them. Um, and, you know, like I said, giving before you take. So give a lot of information. Um, it's not actually that usual for lawyers to um, share. It's not usual for the public to, to get information for free from a lawyer. So it's quite yeah. easy to stand out. Um, and like for me, I offer a free 30-minute legal consult. Super popular. You get 30 minutes with a lawyer for free. Um and the way I see it is either way, they're going to be valuable. They might turn into a paying client. Maybe they won't. Um, but we give value either way. Um, yeah. And systems, processes, super crucial. So, mm. um, you know, everything we have is is in the cloud. Um, everything, uh, you know, our systems around workflows, automation um, is, you know, I've invested a lot of money in that. Um, even automating our pipeline. So, that whole process of clients dealing with us, a lot of that. You're automated. actually a digital marketer that's a lawyer. You're not a lawyer yeah. that does digital marketing. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, it was actually, it was, it, was, it was a little bit easy to learn all of that because when I started this in 2015, I had I had heaps of time. I had time mm. on my hands. So, you know, old James Kemp brought his course um, and I learned a bunch, bunch of stuff. And so, um but for lawyers who are already busy, I mean, the reality for them is they're going to need to pay someone to, to set this yeah. up. Yeah. Um, Andrew says, uh, law firms will realize they need a decent CRM lead gen and will be held to account a lot more uh, now from the public, especially now that other firms will go online and costs will become a lot more trans transparent. Uh, Glenn Marvin says, legends, loving this. Sup, Glenn? He's a flipping legend. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, Ben, ben um, VL, VL, he just said... A high team, we managed to negotiate with our lawyer and got 100% rent abatement through the 28-day shutdown. So I'd like to pass this benefit on to everyone and making the month rent-free. For teams that already paid, I'll reimburse credit for the following month. This is a crazy time, but we're all in this together. Thanks again and stay safe. Jeez, what a flipping good bastard. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what a freaking weapon that man you have on there, right there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid. Cheers, Ben. Um, uh, any other uh, bits and pieces you think people need to uh, know? It's been really, yeah, I mean, really insightful. Right now, um, like I said, it's it's about uh, reducing expenses, increasing cash flow, and another crucial one you can do is is to kick the IRD can down the road. I mean, that's this. What quick does that mean? Right there. So you know, the IRD um, have a lot of discretion right now, and uh, you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Johnny. <laughs> Um, you know, they do, they have a lot of discretion. Um, they can put you on payment plans. Um, they can, they can stop the interest and penalties occurring because that's what the killer is. I mean, if you let that, if you let that go too long, uh, your, your penalties can, can double the debt. So, yeah. um, you know, you need to be communicating with the IRD again, upfront and, uh, 
and get an arrangement that works for your business uh, and keep filing returns. Don't stop filing returns, but but uh, there's ways to stop payment. No, mega. Um, do I really appreciate you, Jan. Now, you've added a shit ton of value and insights and experience to a whole, a whole bunch of people that have been here today. If people want to go check you out, where can they go? Uh, what can they do? Feel free to plug your shit now. Cheers. Um, so, look, www.norlinglaw.co.nz. Um, and so there's a ton of information on there. There's some books. Um, there's there's a bunch of articles and videos. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of value for people. Um, if you want any help for anything, there's a there's a link there to book into my calendar. We can have a chat. And uh, got another book coming, hopefully today, maybe tomorrow, uh, which outlines some of the business hibernation strategies that we've talked about today um, in a bit more detail. I'm telling you, mate, you're not a lawyer. You're a digital marketer that does law, <laughs> that has a law degree. Um, uh, stay on the line, uh, brother, and I'll talk to you right after this. Um, absolutely mega. That was the bro, Brent Norling from Norling Law. Check him out. Uh, he's a weapon on LinkedIn. You can um, scope all the bits and pieces there. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, big day today, actually. We had quite, quite a few things bubbling away and, and smacking it. Um, Glenn says, Brent would have to be the best lawyer I know at automating a pipeline, bangs on, uh, rare marketing a company with legal ex- expertise i would agree uh enjoy the rest of the day far no be good be safe day number two for a, uh, for a new aotearoa i hope it's um going pretty well for you if you've got someone that you think i should uh, interview next i've had a bunch of weapons on this week i want to continue with a whole bunch of crew a startup small business big dogs top dogs whatever I th- i've got a feeling that by the end of this jacinda's going to be on the show without a doubt we're flipping going to get to her um and helen clark i want auntie helen and i want jacinda and flipping if bridges wants to jump on i mess with him whoever wants to, to roll up um but be prepared for me to drink whiskey be prepared for me to say shit be prepared for me to just do what i do and i'll talk to you all soon enjoy the rest of the team peace